0: That. Delivery. I need that.
1: Delivery. Hi, welcome to the Special Delivery Damn Near Daily Podcast. I'm your host, Special, and this is day 15, halfway through of the Special Delivery 30-Day Podcast Challenge, where I'm just trying to give you 30 podcasts in about 30 days or so. Past interviews have been with everyone from Vince Staples, SZA, Earth Gang, and so many more. Plus, I like to highlight new music. Instead of you having to scroll through the blogs, I like to just highlight new music for you. So make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button so you can keep up to date with all the rest of the 30 day challenge now on this episode i get to talk to sky Zoo about his latest album in celebration of us and we basically broke down everything the inspiration behind the project as a whole why he chose to make certain songs the way he did his favorite bars everything so let's get into it today i am joined by sky Zoo. we're gonna talk all about in celebration of us how you doing today
2: I'm good. I'm good. How you doing, love?
1: I'm great. Now, I want to let the people know everything they don't know and should know about this album. So many gems in there. And I love how you describe this as a dissertation of who we are and aren't as black people and a love letter to black culture. Where did that idea kind of come from? Because that's poetic and gorgeous.
2: <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate that. The idea of creating the project to be everything that you just said came from the times came from what's going on nowadays, what's going on with our people, who we are as a people, and just where we are in this country, in this climate. Everything from police brutality to cultural appropriation to gentrification, all of these different things that are in our face. And they've been in our face for a while, but I feel like they're in our face louder more than ever, if that makes sense. We can see these things louder, and I know that sounds wrong and weird, but we can see these things louder than we ever have before. And I felt like now was the time to really get into that type of stuff.
1: Definitely. I feel like it's louder now because of the Internet. I feel like the Internet brings all types of people together, really showcases the good and the bad things going on in the world. Like, the Internet really brings everybody together, whether it's for the best or the worst.
2: (laughs) Oh, absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Now, you also describe this project as the most difficult to put together because it had the strongest vision. And there's so many gems and little clips and all kinds of things, especially I'm thinking about heirlooms and accessories and how that's also the name of Carrie James Marshall's exhibit about lynching and violence. <laughs>
0: hand off like it was potent or like it was emotions or like it was reloaded or like it was the start of what you was starting to go with and as soon as you started it every party you noticed <laughs> coops out in front of the jacks, tall numbers or cooped to know whatever's left that they brought from us shop don't close cause the neighbors changed same way cops know the role when the dates say the first to the third a g-pack can make it all seem better until it's paddy wagon car seat whether that's yeah round the thought of who here now interrupting the cell or pulling up on the once city once you had
1: this vision of course a lot of these things you already knew just being a man and you know living your life but how much research went into this and kind of just toying with ideas
2: honestly no research at all (laughs) because it all just came from me being a 30 plus year old black male from brooklyn Mm europe you know um i didn't really have to research much it's just me living being aware noticing what's going on whether it's the cases of Khalif Browder and Sandra Bland and you know Eric Garner and Alton Sterling and all the different things that are going on to everything else around it, I didn't have to really research much. But with heirlooms and accessories, it was inspired by the Cherry James Marshall piece. I went to the exhibit that he had in New York a couple months—well, a year ago, about a year ago—went to the exhibit he had in New York, and that piece in particular stuck out. You know, all of his work was amazing, but that piece and what it meant, what it was about. It just blew me away, and I was able to take that and flip it as far as gentrification, as far as this era of credit card swiping. In my neighborhood, is all about swipers, where it used to be about the crack era, now it's the swipe era, and just all of those things playing into gentrification, and when neighborhoods kind of bump heads, when you have a neighborhood like Bed-Stuy, Crown Heights, you know, different parts of Brooklyn, that are now infiltrated by types of people who don't look like us, sound like us, move like us, live like us, that are from other sides of the country and that come into our neighborhood, which is totally fine. But what happens when they come into the neighborhood and they clash and don't know it? When you try to rush and meld all of these different personalities and people together and it's not ready yet. And what happens with those dynamics meeting face to face and that's where illness and accessories came in, but it was inspired by the Kerry James Marshall piece that you brought up.
1: even you talking about Brooklyn and how the gentrification, i talk about it all the time here in Oakland. Like, it's definitely something that's happening in tons of neighborhoods across America. And it's such a, a strange, interesting thing to kind of hold on to the people who come from these communities and were born in these communities. And like you said, it's not a bad thing that they're moving in, but they have to respect these cultures and respect the foundation of these cities, which is super important.
2: Yeah, no, Absolutely
1: speaking of heirlooms and accessories we have to talk about the beat switch up and how you just spazzed what was the thought process behind that
0: consider what just occurred <laughs> all that could be gotten the feelings that could emerge and they said that they get it but to see what it'd be worth is asking for them to see you off of the curb because they saw it but all of them told me they got it from here long as they dealing with product in here know the whole lineup is better than here won't no one ever have problems in here all of these baggies they got up in here fucker they ever be worried about snipers is on swipers is on shittas like they never heard of a drought <laughs> like with the lick read we just want everything lit B, long as you kick it at this speed we can relate the whole sgs trapping well, up out of the felt
2: like. With the things that I'm talking about on the record, the crowd that I'm speaking to, these young, early 20-something-year-old swipers in my neighborhood who are all about trap or all about that type of energy, I felt like, okay, if I'm having this conversation with you and you kind of don't hear me out because of what I'm saying, if you're a 20-year-old swiper and you kind of don't hear me out, here's a way for you to hear me out. And then also the beat switch up signified and represented just how fast this switch is happening Mm. so it's two different things at once just how fast this switch is happening and how chaotic this switch is with gentrification and what's going on it just represented how fast it's all coming together how quickly it's happening and how aggressive and how abrasive it's happening and that was what i wanted the beat to switch You know, I wanted that to represent that as well.
1: That's so dope. Like, just the little gems like that are really what make this project so incredible. So think of just things like Beat Switch Ups actually illustrating something that's going on in the culture. So that's super interesting.
2: Thank you. I appreciate that.
1: Now, when we comes to the actual bars, I think everybody's favorite bar so far is I'm All Over the Lane, I'm Hoodie Mellow. <laughs> but the whole Crown Holders song is just bars. I done
0: helped raise a couple stars that you know. Know the fans, I be attracting, it's about a loophole. Circling the check cash, trying to catch a newzo. So, keynote or kilo, I could do both. Crown me for being the first to put them too close. Underrate him, but for overpaying how the loop go. Still got the line on whoever is what you do know. You know, jump in your lane and pull a. Do the you have a favorite six.
1: line from that song?
2: There's a lot. I would say um, the line after that is one of my favorites. Um, I've been up. So to look like I wasn't, wasn't an accident. So if I'm still sitting, I'm capping it. Mm-hmm. You know? Yes. So, I mean, I think it's self-explanatory, but if, if anyone listening needs me to break it down, you know what I'm saying I've been up like I've been on it, but I've been standing up, right? I've been standing up for my people. I've been standing up for the crown that we hold. Because with crown holder, it's a feel good joint. It's something you could ride to, maybe hear it at a party or a club. It's kind of that type of record. But the underlying theme with it is crown holder. Like as black folk, we've been holding our crown. We've been who we are, no doubt about it. And don't ever forget that. As black folk, as brown folk, don't ever forget that. You know, we've been holding our crowns as kings and queens. So what I'm saying on it, I've been on my newfound crown holder, but it ain't nothing new now from how you know it. Like, yeah, we may think us being kings and queens is new, but it's not. And the moment we realize we're kings and queens, it may be a newfound feeling, but it's really not. I feel like we've been that way since the beginning of time. And that's the underlying theme of it. I feel good, joint when I'm just going crazy with the bars as well. So the Kaepernick line where I said, I've been up, to look like I wasn't, wasn't an accident. So if I'm still sitting, I'm Kaepernick. So it's like, I've been standing up for me and mine. And sometimes sitting down is the strongest way to stand up, i.e. Kaepernick, you know?
1: Definitely. I love it so much. It's so good. Going back to the last Apollo Brown project, that one, so incredible, took you guys six days. Yeah. In comparison, how long did this album take? Because, man.
2: Oh, man. Thank you. Um. Well, yeah, that was six days. It was a quick shootout to Detroit, knock it down, boom, boom. Uh, this one, let me do the math. Where did I start? Uh, summertime. <laughs> I'd say about five months off and on.
1: That's actually incredible.
2: Thank you. Yeah, I man. think I started in like June or July. And I was done by late November, top of December.
1: Nice. And of course, speaking of Apollo Brown, Baker's doesn't, oh my goodness. (laughs) Just, uh, yes. (laughs) And the Drake line at the end, was that something that he added or something that you added?
0: (laughs)
2: No, no, I did that. Um, I felt like that line, for most people, it's just a cool Drake line. For me, I felt like it represented and still represents so much about our people. You know, we, we put so much emphasis on winning, and more so than winning, people seeing that we've won or at least seeing us to look like winners. You know, when, when we win, we, it, it's so difficult for us to win, whether it's a small win or a big one. We're all about it, and we show it off by any means. I wear every single chain even when I'm in the house like because we went through so much to get that jewelry so even when I'm in the crib walking around I wear every single chain like that's what he was saying in that line and I just wanted to put that on that record because I felt like the things I'm talking about on that record are the same things represented in that one sentence it's about trying to get it it's about winning it's about succeeding by any means no matter how heinous it may be because that's what they taught us in my neighborhood and neighborhoods like Oakland different places that's what they teach us so that line, I wear every single chain, even when I'm in the house. You know, heaven or hell, you listen to what Raheem is saying on the hook. You know, some of lost their religion for the mark of the beast, meaning trying to get it, giving up looking in the mirror just to try to get it. And when you get it, you're so proud of getting it that you never want to put it down. I wear every single chain, even when I'm in the house.
1: Yes. And speaking of Baker's Dozen, I love the story that it's inspired by D'Angelo's Devil's Pie. Were there any other tracks that kind of had that kind of thought process to where it's like, oh, I really love this track. I want to interpret it into my own track.
2: Nah, just that one. Um, you know, with that one, I felt like that record was so great. There was two things about that record. One, there's a whole generation who may not be familiar about it because the record came out in 98. So whether we realize it or not, mm-hmm. that was, what, 20 years ago? So, you know, whether we realize it or not, which is crazy to say, that record is 20 years old, for one. (laughs) And for two, I always wanted a rapper to be on that record with him because the record was just so dope. Mm. And what he was speaking about, even though he's an R&B singer, everything he was kicking was real and gritty and gutter and heinous. And he was talking about, you know, fuck the slice, I want the pie, whatever, whatever. And it's a perfect segue for a rapper to jump in. And there was never a rapper on that record. So I said... This generation needs to know how great that record was and the importance of it. And they also need to know what it's like to have somebody pick some lines on there for three verses and go for it. So I wanted to kind of recreate that feeling for this generation. And that's what we came up with, Baker's Dozen.
1: I love that vision. That's so cool. Is there anything else you want to tell the people about in Celebration of
2: Us? Oh, man. Um, In Celebration of Us is, for me, it's just a work of art. People are calling it my magnum opus. They're calling it a masterpiece. Beyond a classic. They're calling it a classic, but they're calling it a masterpiece. And I'm honored by it. I'm humbled by it. The fact that people are looking at it in that regard and in that light. I just wanted to speak for our people and speak to those who may not understand our people but think that they do. You know, who we are, why we are the way that we are, and how we got here. A lot of these things that happen to us have been done to us, right? But there are some things that we've done to ourselves, you know, and it's not about just showing one side of it. There are some things that we have done to ourselves as a people. The irony of that is a lot of things that we do are a product of what was done to us. You know what I mean? Like, you know, you look at the stick of tape for Menace, that whole record on the outside, people think it's a record about Menace to Society. It's really not. It uses Menace to Society as an example. The record is about validation. That song is about validation and the fact that black people have always wanted to feel validated. It's why we live in the projects, but the little kids got all the newest Jordans. It's why, you know, we don't miss spending $10,000 on a huge birthday party for a two-year-old, even though we live on the 10th floor in the projects with no heat. It's why if somebody bump us walking by in the supermarket, now it turns into a fight. Because we want to be respected and validated. We want to feel validation no matter what. But why do us as black people want to feel validation no matter what? Because that was taken from us 400 years ago when they split us up and said, y'all go in the field, y'all go in the house. Or when they said, you don't deserve to read and write. You have to sneak and learn to read and write as if you was committing a crime. All of these different things, they made us feel like we didn't matter and we weren't important. So you look 400 years later, we still put all this value on everyone around us looking like we matter and looking like we're important. It's why we spend instead of save. If we save and we got $100,000 in the bank as a family, nobody in the street could see that. But if we walk down the street with the newest Jordans and a $1,000 outfit and a rented car, you can see that. So everyone can look at us and say, yo, he's the man. Yo, shorty's that deal. Shorty, Shorty's that chick. Because you can see it. You can't see a 401K. You can't see savings and stocks and bonds. But you can see your wardrobe and your sneakers and your, and your car. And that's why we put so much on validation. In Celebration of Us is all of those things and then some. And if you got it on the first listen, you didn't get it. I mean, there's so many lines, layers in this album, it's insane. So that's the long soliloquy I have on this album. <laughs>
1: and I think the validation too, of course, the history plays a part, but also validation is part of being a human and living life. Absolutely. And it's like for that to be taken away is so terrible. That's just what humans need to survive. So of course you want that. And not only that but black people have contributed so much to this earth and so much to culture and just so many amazing things that that validation should go without saying so to take it away from people who definitely deserve it is just a travesty and terrible and then i also wanted to talk about real quick you talked about how this is a love for black culture but also kind of including that like if you love black culture then you're a part of it too in a sense to where it's not excluding everyone i hate that people think that just because something is empowering a certain group of people it's taking away from another it's not every single part of black culture has included everyone and everybody is influenced by it so of course you're a part of the appreciation of it can you speak a little bit about that because i think that's important for some listeners there's a lot of people who do get it but for the people who don't kind of that inclusion aspect of it as well
2: oh man i could speak on it but i think you just did it for me (laughs) i think you just you just nailed it um yeah because i I think you you nailed it you know the biggest fear when i was making this album which thankfully my fears were proven wrong. But the biggest fear was people feeling like just because it's so pro-black means it's anti-anything else. And when I explained this album to people in the short form, if someone said, well, in one sentence, what is this album? I say, it's the hip-hop version of Solange's album. And, you know, the mm-hmm. big thing that stood out to me on that album, besides all of the great things she did with the work, the interlude with her mom's on there, where her mom says, you know, just because something that's pro-black doesn't mean it's anti-white or anti-anything or anyone else. And that, that rings so many bells. And for me, it's like bingo, that's it. Just because I'm pro-black doesn't mean I'm anti-anything. You know, I have tons of white friends, tons of Spanish friends, you know, tons of Asian friends, you name it, you know, Indian, Native American, whatever it is, tons of them. A lot of those people helped me throughout my career. A lot of those people are people I deal with every single day. A lot of people helped me out on the business end to get this vision across, whether it's people at the label, whether it's producers like my brother Ilman, who's Filipino. You know, so many different types of people that are in my life on a day to day basis. So, this album is about, isn't about alienating anyone else. It's just about uplifting me and mine. That's it. You know, and I think it's a travesty when you look at it and say, oh, it's something is so pro black. It's got, what do you have against white people? I don't have anything against white people. I love white people. I go to Europe five six times a year in headline tours every single year a big part of my financial bracket is via Europe you know so I love all types of people from all over the world I just felt like it was time for our story to be told in a certain way and me to put my flag in the dirt and represent that
1: to me it's ridiculous that people even think like that but since they do I'm glad we're able to tell them like no that's not what it is right. <laughs> it's still mind-boggling to me and
2: you're absolutely right and like I said I'm just glad my fears were proven wrong because I haven't heard any of that nonsense from anyone who isn't black who heard the album. You know, all the shows I've been doing, the crowd is covered with as many different faces and, and colors and types of people as it's always been. It hasn't been, I'm not going to go to this guy's Zoo show no more because he's on that black shit. Like, nah, like, it's been everything across the board. The love has been insane from everyone. So I'm honored and happy that my fears were proven wrong.
1: Definitely. And then anything else you want to say to the people?
2: I want to say shout to all of y'all listening. I want to say shout to you, Miss Special, for playing this together. And, and I'm glad we were able to rock. And I'm just floored and enamored with the response of the album. I appreciate it. And I can't thank the people enough. I can't thank you enough for getting it. I could tell by the way you conducted the interview that you totally get it. And I appreciate that. And just to everybody listening, just listen to the album repeatedly because there's so much to get it's there's so many layers on everybody's fine and sounds like and heirlooms and accessories and you know collateral and stick up tape for minutes and you know black Stambo is just so much. love is love is just a smorgasbord of just layers so just listen to it and enjoy it you know
1: I couldn't agree more. Definitely just put that on repeat. Listen to it for weeks and weeks and weeks and you'll just catch different things. And that's the beauty of it. It's so incredible. And thank you so much for those compliments. That means the world to me. Thank you. Thank you.
2: Uh, No doubt.
1: And that's it. Thank you so much for checking out this episode. If you're a big Sky Zoo fan, you're going to want to hit that follow or subscribe button because I'm going to have another show coming out with him shortly called Importance of Interludes. So you're going to want to check that one out. Also, hit me letting me know what your favorite part of this episode was. I'm on Twitter at Special Says or on Instagram or Snapchat. Those are at Special Says as well. And thanks so much again for listening.